The following program is brought to you by Blood, Sweat, Tears, and listeners like you. To support this show and all of the shows within Twib Nation, consider becoming a subscriber of our pay service for Twibularity at twib.me forward slash subscribe. That's twib.me forward slash subscribe. Or you can give a one-time donation at donate.twib.me. That's donate.twib.me. We've all learned how important media is and who tells our stories. Help us be the media that you want to hear and that the media is afraid to hear. It's kind of hard to listen to yourself become irrelevant. You are now listening to Twib FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally, I'm finally me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Thank you for tuning in to another night of our show. We have guest Regine Sawyer, who is an owner, a creator, and entrepreneur of Lock It Down Productions. So if you wish to join us, you can use the hashtag DGM Podcast. That puts you in the feed with the other listeners, and you can ask questions and leave comments. And uh, we'll be sure to address some of your questions on the air. Uh, you can also give us a call here at TWIV. The number is 718-404-9320. And before I get to our guests, I want to let you know that we have two great co-hosts on with us tonight. Shaka Cumberbatch and Tatiana is with us. Tatiana has been, it's been a while since you've been on one of our shows. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but it's, it's glad, it's good to have you back. Really glad hey. to have you back. Um, so before I toss it over to them to introduce themselves, I want to just make a few announcements per usual. So check us out on blackgirlnerds.com. If you look at the right sidebar, there is a form where you can apply and also subscribe, rather, to our newsletter. Uh, the BGN newsletter, something that just started this year, we provide updates on upcoming convention appearances, live tweets, podcast dates, and episodes, um, and all of that is delivered fresh to your inbox. So subscribe to our newsletter. And also on the right sidebar of the website, there's also a donate button um, for financial donations if you wish to support what we're doing here at Black Girl Nerds. Um, everything that you do for us, whether you tweet about us, you spread the word, um, we're getting a lot of attention. So it's always appreciated. But your financial support also means a lot too. Um, and then there's also blog ads. Blog ads allows you to have your goods and your services advertised to our audience, so we help you find your audience. Uh, so if you click on the blog ads bar, then you can elect to choose what type of ad to place on the launch page as well as how long to have the ad on there. So thank you all for supporting us. And also Zazzle.com is a place where you can get merchandise and rock your favorite BGN shirt there. So it's Zazzle.com forward slash Blurredgasm is where you can go to get cups and keychains and pens and all types of fun swag um, to rock at your next con. All right, so I am going to pass the virtual mic over to our co-host and just introduce yourself. I think we've got Shaka on, some issues mm-hmm. still going on with Tatiana's audio. Um, but just introduce yourself, let us know what's going on, and uh, provide your social media shout-outs. Okay. Um, hey, y'all, it's Shaka. 
Um, I can be found on Twitter at Princessology, or um, you can find me on YouTube at Princess Mentality YouTube, which is a play on my cosplay name. You can also find me on um, on Facebook at my cosplay page, um, Princess Mentality Cosplay. I am a cosplayer, a writer, um, a troublemaker. (laughs) 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 I'm just always getting up to something, so yeah. All right, Tatiana. Um, hi, I'm Tatiana. Uh, you can follow my rantings at Driven by Tatiana uh, Twitter handle, and I have a website also with the same name that will soon, hopefully, not be as neglected. I currently live in New York, and I'm a huge fan of Asian pop music. So if you really love K-pop, or J-pop, Korean pop, or Japanese pop, for anyone who's unfamiliar. SC-pop for Chinese pop. Also, super amazing. Please tweet me, because I love talking to people about Asian pop music. I listen to mostly girl bands. So if you're into, like, Tiara or Miss A, you should definitely, definitely connect. I read comic books, too. My favorites right now are Saga and Sex Criminals. And Morning Glories, all of them are by Image. So I don't really read the big two, but if you're looking for something non-superhero-y and you're like, what is that amazing comic book everyone is reading? It's Saga. Read it. Sex Criminals, I think they're making it into a TV show. Mm-hmm. Morning Glories, I cannot explain it without even giving away the plot because it's so complicated, but you should definitely check out Morning Glories. It's the three series that I buy like every month. So amazing. Read them. It's, it's like Lost Meets the Breakfast Club. Ooh. That's how I explain it to people. I like it. I've never seen Lost, but I know what Lost is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing you need to know about Lost is it was really good up until the last season. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stop watching once you get to season six. Yeah, yeah just Turn stop watching after that. Just don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, well, great. Thank you. And um, shout out to Image. They're followers yes, of the BGN yes. account. Uh, I so love shout out to Image. Image. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> doing some really good Planet, things. Bitch Planet is my biggest thing right now. Bitch Planet and Lady Killer. Bitch Planet is on it. I'm telling yes. you. If you yes. haven't read that, you guys should definitely get on that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and um, introduce our guests, and we will get straight into the interview. Regine Sawyer is the owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions Publications. She has been in the comic book industry for nine years and has owned the company for eight. It publishes sci-fi books such as The Rippers, Eating Vampires, and Ice Witch. Regine is also the coordinator and founder of Women in Comics New York City Collective International. The organization is an artistic and informative initiative serving to educate communities about the role and merit of women working in the multimedia industry. Thank you for coming on tonight, Regine. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be on. Oh, my goodness. You have such an impressive body of work. I want to first <laughs> ask you. You do. You do. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you first, tell sure. us about, you know, I, I read your bio, but tell us more about yourself and how did you get into the industry and what is Lock It Down Productions? Well, it's so funny. I've been writing all my life and collecting comics all my life. And I never really thought about it, you know, too much until I got into the industry. And then everyone says, oh, my God, there's a girl 
you know, what's, what's going on over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've written all my life, um, and I always loved comics. It was always a part of my family. It was part of just my, my upbringing from the actual books to um, watching TV shows. Um, so as I got older, uh, I entered the workforce like everybody else. I got my college degree. I'm, I'm actually a trained chef, and uh, I entered the workforce and decided to put comic books aside, at least writing-wise, I put them aside. But one day it struck me. I said, you know what, you only live once, and this is something I, I still love. So I'm going to see how I can I can enter into the foray of the comic book industry. And I was in a comic book store, and I was talking to one of my friends, and I was discussing possibly getting a bachelor's in, in cartooning when a man overheard me, and he said, hey, you know, I'd love to see what you have. I have an independent company. Maybe you can come and help me, and I'll see what I can do with your book. So I helped him um, transcribe scripts. I helped him find um, artists for his company. Um, I helped him get into conventions and so forth. And after working with him for about a year, I decided, you know what, I can do this for myself. So I, I my middle name is Lockett. It's my grandma's <laughs> maiden name. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Virginia Lockett, so that's what the L stands for. And uh, I decided to call my company Lock It Down Productions, and I took it from there. And I took a couple of um, stories that I had in my head, The Rippers in particular. Um, that's a story that I created when I was in high school. And I decided, let me just add some stuff onto it. And before you know it, I, I had about eight scripts, eight comic book scripts. And then it was time to find artists, and I, I learned the process in that, which was arduous but beautiful at the same time. And now here we are, nine years later, and I have a couple of series under my belt. Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. What shows do you usually exhibit in? Um, I do the New York Comic Con. Um, I've been doing it just about ever since it's 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 uh it's been established. Um, I do Bronx Heroes Comic Con. Um, Xbox, that's East Coast Black Asia Comic Creators. That's in Philadelphia. Um, what else do I do? I do the Schomburg uh, Black Comic Book Festival, um, and that's in Harlem. Uh, I go to San Diego Comic Con every year. Um, oh my gosh, what other shows? There's so many shows. Offhand, that's what I remember right now, but I'll probably remember some later. Nice. And Shaka, passing it over to you. Okay. Um, well, my first question for you, like you're talking to us about how long you've been in the industry and it's seriously impressive. Um, Thank you. So, you know, having been in the industry for nine years, you know, firsthand how crucial it is for women to have their voices heard. So I'm wondering yeah. what are some of the ways that you have seen the industry improve and become more inclusive to women? Well, um, I sort of was forced to because as more and more women work in the industry and as they're fans become more more vocal because there was a point where they were saying there weren't that many female fans. Well, I think they got a slap in the face and a reality check <laughs> a, couple, a couple of years ago, actually, you know, with the fake geek girl movement and the consent movement and all that stuff, and there was an, an uprising. So they were forced to change. And then also women that are in the in the industry, both both fans and uh, employees, as um they started creating their own network. So you have drink and draw like a lady. You have girls drawing girls. Um, you have 
my organization, Women in Comics, you have Comic Con, such as Geek Girl Con and Comic Con um, in Michigan. So as there is an uprising, they were forced. They were forced to be more inclusive. So now you're starting to see um, more more women in the in the actual books, more female characters that play prominent roles. You know, Marvel and DC have uh, two. I think they have two books that have um, have all female uh, superhero groups. And uh, they were forced. They, they were forced to be more inclusive. <laughs> Basically, we yeah. we sort of twisted their hands. We sort of twisted their hands. So with them being forced to, it couldn't help but to improve and evolve. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's also been pretty cool watching, um, you know, like you said, like our voice, people are starting to raise their voices more often, and it's getting to the point where it's it almost hurts them to not pay attention to us. Oh, absolutely. It hurts their pocket, and that's why you hurt them. That's when they'll notice mm-hmm. you. Right. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and then you got your next question. <laughs> okay, did you want me to keep going, or did, I don't know if we want to, like, go around. Yeah, no, then you ask um, the, your other question, and then I'll get okay. to Tatiana. Cool. Perfect. Okay, um, well, what are some of the ways that you've seen the comic industry improve for black women specifically? Oh boy! We all know that there's like a, there's two layers for us, <laughs> right? I mean, it is two layers. It absolutely is two layers. Um, I mean, uh, there are a lot of there are actually a lot of um, black female characters in comics, but they've always been like on the side, and you didn't see them that much. I mean, mm-hmm. Storm was standing. Everybody in their mama knows Storm. Everybody yeah. in their mama knows Storm. But how many people know like Misty Knight and Dixon and Celia Rays. A lot of people don't. Now they're starting to because, again, as I said, um, answered when I answered your last question, when when you have an uprising and you have people shouting and saying, like, look, we want we want more diverse books. We want to see people that look like us. They're forced to take these characters and dust them off and bring them <laughs> and bring them to the proverbial forefront, which is great in a way. It forces them to to actually give a solid backstory to some of these um, side characters. Um, but at, mm-hmm. at the same token, it's kind of sad because this should have just been natural and just and just do it because you, these characters were created for a reason. People want to know more about them. So it should just be a natural um, progression. So there has been an improvement. Uh, um, there are websites actually that are dedicated to um, black female characters in particular where there's like a huge list of them, but it's just unfortunate that that that, ha- that had to happen in the first place, and we have to list yeah. them in, in order to show that they're valid um, and they're mm-hmm. they're 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 true, you know, righteous characters that deserve that deserve books and deserve full wholehearted stories. Um, but that's how I've seen it improve by them being forced to put them out into the. Nice, yeah, that's so true. Tatiana? So my question is, who are your favorite women working in comics right now and why? It can be like an indie person or a really big name person who you're just like, yes, this person's amazing. Well, okay, I'm a little biased because I have a clique full of wonderful women in comics. (laughs) I'm biased. I'm biased. And my girls know I'm biased. 
um, when it comes to them. So I'm definitely going to shout them out first. A number one is Elisa E. Martinez. She's been in the industry for 15 years. She's a woman of color. She's a black woman. She's, she's black Latino. And she's penciled, penciled books like, like Iron Man, Black Panther, X-Men, X-Force. She's done every character in the DC universe except Wonder Woman and Superman. And she is a phenomenal artist that does, does not get much, get her due. She doesn't get her due. And she's absolutely fabulous. So I, I love her to death. Um, there's also, um, Delia Gable, who works on an awesome book from Northwest Press called Dash. And, um, and she, she also works on my book, Eating Vampires. So of course I love her. Um, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yeah. Like, I'm loving Bitch Planet right now. I don't know about you. <laughs> like, I was so, like, I have to catch up. I have to catch up. But I read the first two issues and I was like, you stole my heart, Kelly Sue. <laughs> yes. Like, she, like, totally, she totally stole my heart. Totally. Kelly Sue, um, of course. She, she's awesome. And I, you know what? Do you guys see that being adapted really well into a movie where it's, like, done Grindhouse style? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's begging for it. Yeah, like I totally can see that, and I, I really hope that it, it gets enough popularity on the publishing side where someone's going to be like, this needs to be a movie or a TV series on Netflix because Bitch Planet is yeah amazing. It's well, the you truth. know, we're watching like I Zombie is doing really really well. Sex Criminals just got picked up. Like this is a good. This is you know indie comics being you know turn into TV shows and movies. Like, we're having a moment right now. So I feel like Bitch Planet is a really good candidate for that. Yeah. I agree. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Will you be able to tweet um, those some of those other artists that you were re- you were recommending? Just if people want to Yeah, them? I'll definitely be able to tweet. I'll be able to tweet them after, after, after yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah, because I'm Cause certain like, a lot my, of My Wi-Fi are... is acting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm certain a lot of folks haven't heard of uh, of many of those women, so it's definitely good to be able to shout out their names on the podcast and also um, amplify that on Twitter and social media. So thank you for bringing them up because um, I, I, I wasn't familiar with them myself. Mm-hmm. Me either. How was Women in Comics, the New York City Collective, established? Well, about um, three years ago, I was asked to moderate a Women in Comics panel at Bronx Heroes Comic Con um, by um, Ray Felix, who um, we like to say is an honorary Women in Comics member. He's the only male. He's the only one that's allowed. And um, he he's like, yeah, I need you to do this panel. I'm like, excuse me? Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, I've never moderated a panel. Like, what? He's like, no, I think it'll be great. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'll do it. So he suggested some, he suggested some ladies and we put them on a panel. And, um, after that, we were asked to do a couple of more. And as I'm, as we're doing them, parents that are coming up to us after and they're like, oh my God, like my daughter wants to be in comics. My daughter's an artist. And this is something that she would really love. She really needs. Can we have your card? Oh, can you come to our school? Like, this is something that we really, really need. And, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, oh my God, like this is, this is, this is a need, a community need. This is something mm-hmm. that pe- people have, find merit in. And, um, it, it made parents feel like, oh my God, my child isn't just, doesn't have a frivolous hobby. They actually can have some sort of life. They can have a, a viable living. 
especially for for their daughters. So after that, some of the ladies and I just just got together and we just informally at first formed this collective. And initially, we just started doing panel discussions. We did them. We did them locally. We did them at um, art galleries and we did them in a few shows. And then bigger shows heard about us and wanted us. They're like, okay, so I guess we got to name this thing. <laughs> so I named it Women in Comics um, NYC Collective. And then after a few years, women across the country heard about us and wanted to be involved in what we're doing. So we added them on. And then women internationally <laughs> wanted to know more about us. And so we added them on. So now we're 61 members deep and wow. and growing. Yeah. So we're actually just we're gaining a lot of, yeah, gaining a lot of momentum and more more organizations are learning about us. And it's very interesting because the organizations that reach out to, the, to us, a lot of them are run by women. And they want women or just children in their community to, to see us because not only are we women, a lot of us are women of color. And you don't mm-hmm. see that a lot. In, right. in the multimedia industry, not because we never were there. We never were acknowledged. Right. And now we're being acknowledged and we're being forced in people's faces. So, <laughs> so they, they have to acknowledge our existence. And that goes back to Shaka's question before. It leads all, all back to that. So as I said, we're, we're growing. We're always, we're always open. Our heart is always open um, to, to new members, and we have members that aren't just artists or writers. We have web series creators. We have toy makers, sculptors, teachers, um, editors. So we act uh, librarians. So we run the whole gamut. Cosplayers. Wow. We we yeah. we encompass we encompass the comic book industry roughly. I I should say I guess. <laughs> What's the end game for Women in Comics New York City Collective? What is your overall long term goal? The long-term goal is honestly getting these women galvanized and bringing bringing a strong, solid income to women working in the industry. Because we, when you have a diverse population that that's in an industry, particularly an art industry, you want to keep them there. Because when you have a, um, when you have diverse people, they bring so so much to it. But if they don't feel like they're viable, if they're not being paid correctly or equally to their male counterparts, you sort of lose heart and you sort of lose interest. Even if it's something that you love, you know you have to feed your family. A lot of a lot of these ladies have, have families, they have children. So it's important that that they do what they love and get paid well for what they love. So with that in mind, if you bring more attention to 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 their cause or our our cause and People see see us, and they want what we provide, which is usually like education, education as well as art. They're paying us. They're paying us for it. They want to see us. They want to talk to us. Like, hey, come to this show. Come to that show. And when the as the ladies are seeing that, it's like, oh, this this what what I do actually matters. Like someone someone is putting a a, a money stamp on it. So there's that aspect. There's also the aspect of keeping communities educated, our communities educated, as well as expanding to the, uh, the by and large, the, the country. 
to be honest, but keeping them educated in the sense that um, that art's so important. Wow. Diverse people working in the arts in any industry, of course, is important, and that we have a voice, and it needs to be it needs to be heard, and we have experiences. The ladies talk about experiences that are good, bad, or indifferent, but it's important that people know that injustices are going on. And a lot of women in the industry have gone through a lot of bad things, but some have gone through none of that, and that story needs to be told too, and it needs to be heard in order for it to be fixed. So at the end of the day, I guess our, our end game is equality and making millions. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just saying. We Cheers need to stay together. Okay, we we need to get it together. That that's some real talk right there. And making millions. Hello. You have to think uh, big. You do. You're you right. Do. You, you absolutely do. And those are the most successful people. Those that think big and outside of the box, those are the ones that, you know, get to the top quicker. Um, and, and definitely be able to live off of the fruits of their success. So thank you. That's, that's awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaka. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this, this actually, um, plays into a lot of what you were just talking about. Um, many times when women of color raise concerns about the lack of representation that we see in the, our comics, um, we're told to just make our own. Um, do you feel that that statement holds any merit? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Because honestly, you, we don't see other people doing it because they're not going to do it. Mm. They're not going to do it. Not, not, I don't want to just blatantly say that, oh, you don't want to do it. If they feel that it won't make them any money, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. If they feel like it's not going to make them any money, whether that's valid, valid or not, they're not going to do it. So we have to, we have to prove that it can and that it will. So, yeah, we have to do it ourselves, and then others will follow suit. Because if we don't do it, no one else will. You have to brand yourself and say, okay, what we have matters, our stories matter, and we have to put them out into the light, because if you leave it to someone else to tell, tell your story, mm-hmm. first of all, probably 100% wrong. <laughs> you probably, you probably the, the actor, the actor or the character they'll 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 base you on will not look like you. It'll be, <laughs> it'll, it'll be it'll be a totally different animal altogether. So you don't want to put that on anyone else's hands. So once you start doing it yourself, maybe then, maybe then someone else say. Someone else will say, someone that's outside of our, our communities will say, you know what, this has merit. I think I want to follow suit with this. This, this looks pretty good. Let's see if we can do, do the same. And then I'll start to grow and build. But at the same token, you want to hold on to the story that you're doing because you need to make money too. This brings mm-hmm. it back to the community, uplifting it, keeping it strong, and, you know, keeping, keeping the money in the family. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, you want me to keep going, Jamie? Yeah. Okay. There was some contra- controversy um, over, over the past weekend. I'm sure you saw over um, all male. <laughs> I'm sure you saw over an all male women in comics panel at Denver Comic Con this past weekend. Um, do you feel that that panel was a singular misstep on behalf of that individual con, or do you think it was more indicative of ongoing problems that women in the comic book industry face as a whole? Well, it's both. 
because you honestly you can't you can't blame um, the Comic Con because when you send in when you submit a panel, sometimes they don't even ask you who's going to be on it because mm-hmm. sometimes that changes. They just they may just ask you for for a tentative list, and if it changes, they're okay with it. It's no problem. So I, I'm not blaming them at all. I blame the organizer, whoever organized that, and put it together. And when he wrote down women in comics and then called all all-male panelists, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a definite problem. And it's a, and it, it shows when you're, I, I saw blurbs, I saw the young lady, Carrie, who was live tweeting, tweeting it, and she had asked questions. And, and they had made mention about, like, women in comics, and particularly characters, because they were talking about the history of it. And they, they apparently said that, like, girls, their attention spans couldn't, couldn't hold a comic book. <laughs> Yeah, that, and that I was, girls I was floored. Did you read what? that? Yep. <laughs> I that was, was just absolutely positively floored. I mean, how out of touch can you be? How out of touch? I, I mean, when you go to a comic con, and I know you ladies go to comic cons, mm-hmm. you see the amount of women that were that are there now. Mm-hmm. That amount of women wasn't there before. So how can you say to an audience that probably had a good chunk of women in it? I've been in women in comics. Um, panels, I've been in the audience, there are always a good amount of women. So if you have an all-male panel that is sitting there and saying this to a huge group of women, that's a lot of balls, I have to say. It's a lot of balls. But if you didn't take into account your audience and what they would have enjoyed and what they would have liked, and that would have been to see a couple of women on that panel, even if they had to snatch some 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 old ladies from their exhibitors' chairs, because I know there are women exhibiting there, and say, mm-hmm. please, for the love of God, get on this panel. I need two people. I need three. Please. If they could have at least done that, because they also said that they didn't know any. Yeah. They didn't know any women, which I was just absolutely floored out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you could tell that. walked around the con and just grabbed people off the floor almost. Exactly. Yeah. That would have been better. You could tell that they had a very closed-minded sense of their experience around women and women in comics in general. And it's ridiculous that they even had an all-male panel at a women in comics um, event. That that was exactly. ridiculous. And folks exactly. on Twitter were submitting it to allmalepanels.tumblr.com. I don't know if you guys know about that. <laughs> yes, yes. I heard of that, yeah. So it got submitted there. But my thing is, if you if that's your logic that women get bored with comics easily – wouldn't you want to ask why? Oh, Wouldn't you want to know, wonder what the what it is about a comic that would cause if this if this is your case that would cause a woman to get bored? Because maybe there could be a situation where they're reading a comic that they are interested in at first and it's piqued you know their interest to some extent, and then the comic book characters don't feature a lot of women characters that they identify with. And they're like, ah, eh, you know, this this doesn't really mean a lot to me, and they'll move on to the next one. I mean, really try to analyze what you're trying to say exactly. and try to get to the bottom of why do you think women are bored with it. I'm um, also going to need to see some receipts on that claim because, like, says who? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. show me the receipts on that, please. And and the fact that there's not that many because I'll I'll tell you one thing from my experience at Free Comic Book Day 
there was a lot of women that were clamoring at getting as many comics as they needed oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. day. I, I actually saw a lot of women. I wouldn't say that there was more than men, but there was a large number of us out there going through. And and they were like hardcore fans of, you know, various comic books that they were interested in. So it's it's crazy to me that, you know, guys would even think that. But that's a small-minded mentality, obviously. Yeah. Those folks have not been around enough um, comic book fans and probably haven't been to enough conventions. Um, otherwise, that wouldn't have come out of their mouths. Yeah. I would think so. <laughs> so, craziness. Tatiana, tossing it over to you. Hey. Um, my next question is, what are some other ways or if they're like organizations or anything for women to come together to make comics? Because I moved to New York from Philly. And there weren't a lot of resources there for people to come together and make comics, especially among like marginalized people. So I was just wondering if you knew of anything or anyone who was also organizing things either in real life or online because not everybody lives in a major metropolitan area or on the East Coast or West Coast um, for people to meet up with other comic creators. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're talking, well, if you're just speaking about New York in general, there's um, Drink and Draw, which is, which is a monthly um, event. It happens every Wednesday um, from 6 p.m. on. They go on into the night. And um, it's on the Lower East Side at, at a, a, a bar called Mario's. And that's, that's, I go, that's once a month. Um, there's Geek Girl Brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Geek Girl Brunch, and they have a brunch um, every month as well. Um, they talk about comics, they talk about geek stuff. Um, what else? I mean, of course, well, my organization, Women <laughs> in Comics NYC, well, we have workshops. We do have workshops. We're probably going to in- increase that, and we're doing a lot of events, so I'll talk about that later. Um, but um, so uh, what else? There's, there's, Slipping me. There's, there's um, the Arts Council. The Arts Council actually have meetings. Um, in the Bronx, there's um, the Bronx Art Council, and they have subdivisions. And uh, there's one place called the BX Factory, and they they have um, they have like an artist collective, but they also have meetups, and a lot of them are are comic book aficionados and artists and whatnot. Um, there's also Oh God! Women Empowerment Group in the Bronx um, at a place called the CDC. I just came from one of their events called Female Flavor, and we did a workshop there. And they they have workshops on a regular basis, so it's actually a good amount. So email me. Okay. I'll give you the info. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And uh, shout out to Jamila Rouser, the uh, founder of Geek Girls Brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. So She's a Women in Comics member too. She's on awesome. the show. Yep. Yep. Got a question on Twitter here from Darpy Girl New York. She <laughs> she's, she's a comic book she's geek. I, I love her tweets. Um, she wants to know about Ice Witch eating vampires and the Rippers. Okay. Well, um, the Rippers. I have um, issues one and two. Issue three will be coming out this year. Um, that's about uh, an intergalactic bounty hunter who's accused of a crime she doesn't remember committing. Um, Ice Witch is actually a spinoff. Of the Ripper, she makes her debut in issue two. Um, and she's an assassin. She gets married, has a baby, and that her company's after a baby. And Eating Vampires is my newest endeavor. 
Um, and that's about a young girl who's a last of her people, and she's the only cure for a vampire virus outbreak. So issue one of that is out, and I'm currently working on issue two, and um, also be doing an illustrated novel for that as well. Nice. Awesome. Uh, passing it over to you, Shaka. Okay. Um, I guess, again, along that vein, um, what are some of your current favorite comics and recommendation for newbies? Because I know a lot of times um, those of us who are like, you know, long-term comic book, head, punk comic book heads, we could talk on and on and on and on, but uh, it can be kind of intimidating for people who are new and they're not really sure where to start. So what would you recommend for them? Um, well, I'll say right now, um, like I said, I'm reading Bitch Planet, but I'm mm-hmm. also reading a book called Curb Stomp. And that's into issue three, and that's and that's and that's pretty cool. I mean, if you like the warriors, and you're not, you know, maybe a sci a sci fi or superhero head, that's a it's a great book. It's a female version of the of the warriors. I'm like in love with it. <laughs> I'm totally totally in love with it. Um, I'm a big manga head. I love manga. My favorite manga is Bleach. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has a lot of issues. It has a lot of issues, a lot of volumes, I should say. Um, but it's easy to catch up because they're they have some some of the they have some volumes that have three issues in one, so it's getting easier like to catch up on it. But start from the beginning and hit go. I bleach. Oh my, that's my I love bleach. I'm sorry, I just oh, that's my favorite <laughs> manga ever. I do. Oh my god, I just love it. Um, I started reading Battle Angel Alita. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an that's an all time manga, but it's so hard to get issues. But at least get issue, at least get um, volume one. And if you like, if you like, like cyberpunk, like mecha type of stuff, mm-hmm. like that's a really hot series. And I've always loved X Men, but I would always say pick up the classics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pick up the eighties when once nineteen seventy five once Storm joined, then read it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so read it through the eighties and the nineties, and then stop when you get to two thousand. Yeah, nineties. <laughs> was awesome that was when i picked up the x-men so that chris claremont jim lee era yeah uh, was some of the that best the truth yeah so yeah shout out to the x-men yeah <laughs> <laughs> um we so nerdy wanted some clarification uh you had mentioned ice witch eating vampire and the rippers um she wants to know is it going to be at the special edition new york city um i'll be visiting special edition but i won't have a table um, but I'll have I'll be doing some shows in New York in June though, so the books will be available. So you can definitely stop by and come see me. And also check them out on my website on lockitdown.com. Nice lockitdown.com. Check it out there too, guys. Therapy uh, Girl on Twitter is tweeting a bunch of um, eye switch pictures, and I actually wasn't familiar with it. And I'm looking at some of this art, and I'm just like, yes, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> It's gorgeous. It really is. Wow. I'm seeing it now, too. This is awesome. Thank what, you. What are your thoughts about um, the TV and film representation, and maybe it's lack thereof, of black female comic book characters? Again, <laughs> we, again we, we have to do it. Yeah. There's a reason why we're missing while we're missing from the conversation. There's a reason why, you know, and 
unless we unless we address it and take care of it ourselves, no one else is going to do it for us. Um, I know the Flash has Iris West, um, but she's not she's not a superhero. That's but she is a character right. that's there. Um, mm-hmm. What uh, what else? Nothing. 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 I'm. I'm Nothing. hoping. Well, we we've got Rosario Dawson in Daredevil. Oh, that's um, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that we're going to see Misty Knight in the upcoming Iron Fist. Um, oh, that's true. We better. Yeah, it just would not make sense if she wasn't. It wouldn't, it wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, it's yeah. something that we have to fight again. It's something that we have to fight for and mm-hmm. push for because mm-hmm. if if someone can erase us from the conversation, they will. So yeah. you can't allow it. Yeah. And then hashtag we, all all male women in comics panel. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, I just thought about it as we were discussing it, but forgot about Storm from X Men, which not a lot well, of people are happy. Movie. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I know. I know. She's not Lupita. I <laughs> what know. Are you, I what know. are your thoughts about Storm and her representation on the X Men franchise? Um, Halle Berry's interpretation of, of Storm. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Uh, not to hate on Howie. Not to hate on Howie. Right. I think it should have been out. If we're if we're going to take it to two thousand, you know, two thousand when the when the movie came out, it should have been Angela Bassett, hands down. Oh. Right. I haven't seen that's how I felt. That's how I felt. I read, <laughs> but I read that she turned it down. Oh, I, yeah, I'd she read did. Somewhere that she did. So that's the only thing. I mean, yes, it would have been awesome if she was it, but it would have. But she she turned it down with Hallie, and I I mean I accepted it. I mean I, I accepted. It. I mean people were balking because she was in the last movie, but right. um I I had told people I said well it wouldn't make sense for her not to be a bit the same. It's the same group. It's the same crew. So why would they replace her? If they're doing a revamp, I understand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now they do, they, they did the revamp. I, I forget the young lady that's playing her. Um, I, I, I know, I know the actress, but I'm forgetting. She escapes me right now. Um, but that's, that's what they chose. I would have liked to see Lupita. Mm-hmm. As the actress. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to hate on the lady that got it. But, it's inter- it's interesting that 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 she didn't get it or a woman that looks like her didn't get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I th- I just find it interesting. I think they were trying to shoot for a younger version of Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Yeah. <laughs> because it's still a yeah. Fox film. It's still a Fox film. So it's they still want a Fox film. Correlate. Yeah. yeah, they want to correlate it all and tie all the movies together. So that business-wise, it makes sense. And her name is Alexandra Ship, uh, the actress that will be playing uh, Storm in the Yeah, she, she played Aaliyah, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know what? I feel, like, yeah. I feel that she deserves an opportunity <laughs> to show us what she can do, like, away from that movie. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Derpy Girl has another question for you. She yeah. wants to know that on the... Um, website of all your comics. Do you do the art as well as the writing, and can you purchase them on Comicsology? Um, well, I'm the I'm the writer and I'm the creator. Um, I, I I just I'm just the boss. I just sign the checks. The artists work for me. Wow. <laughs> that should be my tagline. Because everyone asks me that. Huh? Isn't that a beautiful thing to say? Mm-hmm. It is. That's it such is. a powerful thing, to, especially to hear a black woman yeah. in comics say. Like that's that's very encouraging for I'm, a lot of people. I'm, I'm the 
So I, I work with fabulous artists. I I love them to to death. I work with about six about six six or seven I think, and they're and they're really awesome. And I couldn't ask for 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 better better artists. Nice, nice. Uh, Tatiana? Yes. Um, so my question is, what do you yes. love most about, like, the medium? Uh, what do you struggle with the most mm. in regards to comics and, by extension, the industry? <laughs> oh, gosh. What I struggle with most is really producing the product, as in, like, like getting the printing done, like, financially. That's always a struggle, but that's that's. It is what it is because I'm doing it. I'm doing it um, independently. Um, but I love I love the medium. I, I love the medium, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't not do it for for anything. So my little pennies go towards that. Um, what was the second half of your question? What do you love most about like comic books, like as a medium for like visual storytelling? Hmm. Well, what catches my eye first and foremost is the art. Is the art. So when I'm I'm purchasing books, I mean that's what catches my eye first. But then as I'm flipping through, the story has to keep me. <laughs> so my right. first love is the art, and the second love, what keeps me what keeps me dedicated is the writing. I'm like that too. Like I, if I don't like the art for a comic book, I won't even pick it up. I don't care if anybody else loves it. If I don't like exactly. the art. I'll walk away. And exactly, you have to sell me. You have to sell, sell it to me. I need to. You need to grab me. Yeah, that's why I love Saga. The art, Fiona Staples, is amazing. I love the art. <laughs> Gorgeous in that comic book. Yes. Yeah, that and that's so true. We had last uh, or the week before last, we had David Walker on our show, uh, the writer yeah. of Shaft, and he said the same thing that it's the art that draws people to a lot of comics. It's not always necessarily the writing. It, you know, the visuals yeah. is really the crux of it all. So if the artwork is yeah. bad, then, you know, it's, it's yeah, hard for a lot of folks to get into it. Shaft. Yeah. That's, yeah, she's that's awesome. Bliss Bilquist is awesome. She's so great. What What are your thoughts about um, the sort of the background with, with respect to artists and inkers and pencilers, are there enough um, women of color that's being represented on the um, publishing side of this? And um, what can we do to encourage more women to, to be more um, inkers and artists on comics? Again, we're there. We're, yeah. we're there. We've been there, but we've been hidden. We've been hidden, not necessarily due to, to, employers but due to ourselves because we don't want to be ostracized like oh god I'm a woman and now oh god I'm a color too <laughs> like I stick out like a sore thumb like I don't want to be bothered or, or or harassed so we're definitely we're definitely there but we just haven't been toward the forefront I mean the way we can encourage encourage those women is to seek out their work um to to Find find out if an artist is is male or female. Because sometimes a lot of women go under pseudonyms for the for the sole purpose of not wanting wanting to draw attention to their sex, mm-hmm. let alone their race. Mm-hmm. But seek seek them out. Um, there's a website called called the Orme Society, and it has a listing of all the women, particularly black women, that are in comics, and uh. 
Sherilyn Eaton, who who uh, takes care of that site, she's constantly adding women to that list. So if you're seeking uh, women of color, particularly Black women, um, you can find you can go to the website and you can find you can find those women and you can purchase purchase their work and and support them and and, and seek them out. And can you repeat that link again for the listeners? Sure, on the May Society, and that's T H E O R Amazon Mary E Eston Sam Society dot com. Nice. It may be under dot org. It may be under dot org, and it's all, it's all on Tumblr too. She has a Tumblr um, page for that site too. Good. Got to check that out. Um, I want to bring up this question. Um, I hadn't yeah. planned to ask this, but I had a Twitter conversation right before we went to air. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Guys, yeah. you guys might have witnessed it. Um, and we were talking about uh, Fantastic Four with mm-hmm. respect to the recent casting of Michael B. Jordan as Johnny yes. Storm. Yeah. And why it's such a big deal, the fact that Johnny Storm is being cast by a black actor. And this person that I was actually arguing with is black himself. And he did not, he was just all about Johnny Storm has to be white. Like it has to be like the comic book. It, it, it can't be any different from what the comics are. And I found it very interesting because the mm-hmm. new Fantastic Four film itself is actually a reboot. It's not even canon. So um, it's not just the actor that's different. It's the whole entire story. So, so yeah. what do you, what are your thoughts about um, race bending? in um, comics with respect to Fantastic Four and just um, comics in general, do you think that black actors um, should be inserted into roles that were once played by white characters? Do you don't think that's a good idea? What, what's your opinions on that? Well, my my issue with it is not that there's a, a, a black actor playing a, a white actor. My issue is why, why is it, why can't we have an original character that's black? I feel like I feel like it's to pacify, in a sense. It's like okay, we don't want to we don't want to put in a new character, or we we don't want to do put this black character in who's always been black. Let's just change this one character, and he'll be the only person of color, or maybe there'll be another person, maybe two, and then they're in the story. But essentially, am I not going to go see a movie or am I not going to support something because just something has been race bent in that, in, in the direction of people of color? No. I mean, I'm not, that's not my fight. I don't think it's that serious mm. or that deep. But I do find it interesting that as opposed to creating an original character who you don't have to explain why they're black, why they're gay, why they're a woman, why they're Latino, when they've been, you know, white or whatever for all this time. Like, why can't we just have our original character with original backstory? No explanation needed. I think because... For me, that's my issue. Well, my my thing with that is that um, because when you do see black characters, we're always asked to explain ourselves. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's an original character. Like they still want an explanation for why we're black. You know, like no one ever questions why Superman is. Oh, no, that's no true, one, though. Yeah, no one ever questions that. But I always feel like um, when it comes time to either 
you know, when there's a black character, like if it's an original black character or like it's a black actor playing, you know, a character that was originally white, it doesn't matter like how we show up. They always ask us to explain ourselves. Why are you there? What? Yeah. And I think that um, a lot of times you'll hear um, a lot of like the good old boy nerds like talking about how um, if there's more, (laughs) if there's more diversity in a book, they call it pacifying the minorities because they just don't see a reason you know, like they're like, like when um when Captain America happened, for example, they're like, well, why does it, why did it have to be his black friend? Like, why did it have to be well, black? Well, Falcon, Falcon's always been there in the Captain exactly, America story. Exactly. And, it's, and, it's, and it was the same argument for the Hunger Games. Why is Rue black? Guess exactly. what? Rue was always black. Rue was just always black. You skipped over that <laughs> sentence. You skipped that sentence. <laughs> It's like mean okay. girls. It's like mean girls. Like you can't just ask people why they're black. Like just you know, it doesn't matter. So like when when I hear like, what are you like doing that, here? Why do you exist? Exactly. Like what? Exactly. So when I hear things like that, like well, why you know why are you suddenly making them black? Why can't blah blah blah? I'm like, no man. Why can't you just be okay with the fact that there's a black person here? You know, why do you need an explanation for this character being black? Like why does that need to be logically explained to you in order for you to be okay with it? That's just me. Yeah. And yeah. That's true. And I mean, if you're a hardcore comic book geek, I've said this on Twitter, then you would understand that there are upheavals and ultimate universes and alternate universes done in comic books all the time. So race bending and gender swapping has been happening for decades. This is not anything oh, new, guys. <laughs> it's not a new thing at all. So to me, I, I call hypocrisy on those that want to call out Michael Jordan, um, you know, that this is pandering to diversity when this is not something that's new um, for a comic book. And the whole entire uh, story of Fantastic Four has shifted dramatically and they've taken creative liberties, not only with the cast, but with the story itself. So um, shenanigans on you guys. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Calling it out. Mm-hmm. It also seems like really low-hanging fruit to me, right? So, you know, the fandom is really excited for all these different movies that are coming out. Like, there's a Black Panther movie coming out. But to me, yeah. a lot of the diversity is fixated on white men, white women, and then black men. Like, there aren't any prominent black women who are dark-skinned and monoracial. So you have, like, Zoe Kravitz kind of hanging out, like, in Divergent, which isn't a comic book, but it's a white adaptation, uh, like, sort of parallel to, like, Hunger Games. And so I feel like, you know, there's a real push for, you know, black men to be in these movies, mm. Michael B. Jordan, but they're not going to make Sue Storm like a black woman. You know, they're not going to put black women at the forefront of a lot of these comic book movies, which is why I have a hard time getting behind a Black Widow movie because she's, you know, another white woman. White women right. are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't get behind a Wonder Woman movie because she's the whitest woman. She comes from the Greek society where everyone is white and she's white. And, you know, I don't know. It's just so weird to me that there's this whole push for more white women to be more at the forefront. And they're always there. Like even Mad Max, which isn't a comic book, but has a huge following is the whitest movie. Like there are no black people like Zoe Kravitz is in the movie, but her makeup makes her the same complexion basically as the white women who were co-starring with her. So I kind of feel like, well, ironically, if I can interject, some of those young ladies actually were were Polynesian. Really? And they probably yeah. were lightened, but mm-hmm. they were Polynesian. Oh. They are women. Of, I know. I, I know. I found out later. I had a feeling okay. looking at their features, but it actually came out later in, a, in an article. I, I think I shared it uh, last week. 
in regards to about the lack of, of pe- people of color in general in that movie, but then they pointed out mm-hmm. the ones that were, which, but it felt like, well, why do we have to even point them out? Why can't they just be? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's slowly happening too with respect to seeing more um, women of color on the forefront because Vixen is getting her own animated series. I yes, wish it was live action. <laughs> we do. Um, we do. But the animated stuff. But yeah, it's uh, kudos to to DC and and uh, CW Network for um, getting that greenlit. I, I really look forward to seeing Vixen um, on on the small screen. So we're we're getting there. Slowly but surely. Slowly but yeah. surely. Yeah. So um, one last question, and you yeah. kind of addressed this throughout the show, but I, I really just want this to sort of hit people hard at the end um, as we wrap up. What can we do as women, women of color to help bridge the divide um, in geek culture and provide more options for comic book readers and entertainers? A number one, you show up. You go to those shows and you flood them. <laughs> You flood them with with yourself, with your essence. You you let them know that your dollar matters and your dollar counts. That's a number one. What you do, and as 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 uh, as creators, for for women that create in whatever capacity, you keep creating and you keep you keep pushing. And we have we we as a community, as a community of women, um, we have to push push each other. We have to push each other, and I always tell I tell the ladies in my group, like, look, you know, we all don't have to be best friends, but we definitely are fighting for the same cause, and we have to move forward in that in that cause because it's not going to get us anywhere if if we don't support each other in some capacity or another. Completely agree. So, awesome. Yeah. So Thanks. if you see some some women doing positive stuff, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off. You see women doing doing you know positive stuff and. Also, it doesn't matter if you click with them, you click with them, then then move move forward with a group of your own and let's get it together. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for, for being on this show. I really appreciate it. Um, shout out to everybody on Twitter. Uh, you guys have some amazing questions. And um, Derpy Girl New York, I just responded to you. She said that there were black Amazons where Diana came from. You are right. And also there's <laughs> Nubia. Nubia was um one yeah. Diana's twin sister. sister yeah, twin. Yes. So let's shout out to Nubia. Um and that's another thing. Like when people ask for a black Wonder Woman, I'm like, well, do you, does Nubia. everybody forget that Nubia happened? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um just throwing that out there. Right. Well give us your your shout outs, um, your links, your Amazon links, um also convention appearances where you'll be uh, so we can know where to find you and meet you and purchase your comics. Absolutely. Um, well, my website is uh, www.lockitdown.com. That's L-O-C-K-E-T-T-Down.com. Um, we also have a Women in Comics site. Uh, it's Women in Comics uh, NYC, C-I-N-T dot Wix dot com forward slash Women in Comics NYC. Um, we're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Look up Lock, Lock It Down. Look up Women in Comics NYC. Um, what else? Um, I'll be at a few shows uh, this year, more than a few. Um, next month, I'll be at the Studio Museum of Harlem um, for their Skin and Bones um, convention. That's from June 18th through the 21st. Um, we also have a panel discussion there, Women in Comics. Does. Um, Women in Comics will also be at Toshokan on June 20th. 
We'll be there all day. We'll have a panel. We'll have booths. Um, we also have a collaboration with the Brooklyn Library System where we go out every other month and talk to kids about comics and do creative exercise with them. We're doing that in two weeks, the week of June 9th, um, three days straight. Um, we're also going to Dover City Comic Con in August, on August 8th, um, and also um, we'll be doing an event in the Bronx as well. Um, oh, gosh, September, we're doing MechaCon in Detroit. Um, then the following month, New York Comic Con, of course, we're probably going to have a panel, Lord willing. Um, we're, we also have, we'll also have an official New York Comic Con Super Week event. Um, cause we're doing a gallery, gallery event in La Casa Azul in East Harlem. We'll be there for, through October through November doing events. Um, also in August, for the full month of August, we'll be at Poe Park in the Bronx. Um, we have a gallery event there and we'll be doing events every Saturday and all of our events are free. All of our events are free. I'll be also doing the Urban, Urban Action Expo in New York in November. I'll also be on, at San Diego Comic Con. I won't have a booth, but Tweet me. You'll be sure to charm me around. And my fingers crossed. I'm trying to get a panel there. So we'll see. I'm still fighting for that. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're doing a lot. <laughs> yes, and I will be at San Diego Comic-Con with Regine. So really Whoa. excited to meet you in person and hang out yes! and take photos together and tweet about <laughs> this everybody. so much fun. Oh, my God, I can't wait to bring you. We're going to have yes. so much fun. It's it's going to be a blast. So thanks so much for coming on. This was such a great show and got a lot of good insight. And it was very hopeful information. Like you you really uncovered, um, you know, some information about the fact that there there are a lot of us out there working. We're just not getting paid attention to and seeing things like the Ormus Society and and that there are so many black women and women of color that are already doing the work, um, but just not being acknowledged for it. I, I appreciate you being so honest with um, with that information. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. And next week, we are going to have another female woman of color comic book creator on our show, Adrienne Grayson. She's the creator of Escape from Dino Isle. Uh, so definitely check that out. We will be on next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for listening in, guys. Night. Bye, y'all. Good night. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally.